Hello, church and ministry leaders, and welcome to another episode of the Effective Church Leaders Podcast. We're so glad you're here. I'm Carrie Holton. This is my beautiful co-host, Becky Holton. Well, hello there. Yeah. Hey, babe, what are we talking about today? Oh, I thought you were coming up with the topic. I thought you were coming up with the topic. <laughs> no, <laughs> listeners, we're cooler. We're just messing around. We we are actually beginning a new series today, and it's one we're really excited about. This series is about reaching new people in our churches. And the question we want to answer in the next four to five podcasts is this. What can we do to reach new people? Yes. You know, I think this is such a much-needed topic for us to consider. I do, too. I mean, how many of the churches represented by those leaders who are listening to this podcast or by church leaders we know, how many of those churches are actually reaching new people? I mean, our guess is probably not very many. Well, of course, there's a need to reach new folk. Such as goes without saying, we must reach new people to counteract, you know, that natural attrition that happens in churches. Certainly. And, you know, we recommended in a recent Q&A session in our online Effective Church Leaders University that church leaders in this season, particularly post-COVID, should really focus on reaching new people. Many of our church leader friends are concerned with how to bring back those who have left. Well, that's good. Those who have left during and since the pandemic. But as they are concerned about those who have left, we think they should also be very concerned about new folks that can come into the church body. Right. And a natural question is, what should they do and what can they do to restore those who have left? Uh, But maybe the focus of the church right now should be on reaching new people. I think this is just such a good time to focus on this goal. I think there are a lot of people out there who are looking for meaning and for purpose. Don't you? I do. I do. So I agree. I think it's a great season to be looking for new people. You know, our listeners may want to know, honey, uh, that we are offering a free PDF in the March issue of the Christian Chronicle, and it will be entitled Six Things You Can Do to help people return Mm post-COVID. And one of our suggestions of those six is to focus on reaching new people who don't know Jesus. Well, without ignoring those who have yet to return to our churches. I think church leaders are concerned about the health and growth of their church. I mean, that that goes without saying, don't you think? I do. And of course, for good reason. They yes. want the church to be healthy and grow because they've got a mission to complete they feel responsible for. Yes. And there are people who don't know Jesus, and the church needs to stay healthy for the benefit of people who need Jesus and what he offers. So we all hate to see churches decline. Preach it, sister. Um, Amen. And the truth is that churches have already started to decline if they are not thinking about reaching new people. That's a startling statement, but it's true. I think so. Every church leader we know wants to conserve those who are in the body of Christ and reach new people who are not yet in the body of Christ. And I think they understand how important it is to try to reach new people. So... Why don't we get started on this series? Where where do we want to start? Let's begin by saying that there's no magic bullet. We've checked eBay. We've looked on Amazon. There ain't one. (laughs) (laughs) There is no wonder drug. There's no quick fix to arrest the decline of the church and then to grow it exponentially. I think we'd all like to find that special plan or program that would ensure that we reach hundreds and thousands of people for the Lord. 
And we, we certainly would like to see that happen almost overnight. Yeah. <laughs> but let's just say that the quick fix probably doesn't exist. I agree. I well, agree. it doesn't exist. Okay. Well, I think what we need to see is that fruit comes by consistently doing what is right, by having a stubborn resolve to do the Lord's will and to follow his plan. And if we are faithful to his will and resolved to follow his plan for us all, well, he will bring the growth. He will be responsible for the increase. Follow his plan with a stubborn resolve, consistently do what is right. I like the way you phrased that. I think that sounds really good, very concise. So let's talk about God's plan. Let's talk about God's will that we should be consistently pursuing. Good. Yeah, well, first, why don't we discuss a little scripture together? Let's discuss what our Lord stated in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. Uh, honey, would you like to read that for us, please? Yeah, I've got that right here. John thirteen thirty-four and 35. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have told you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Good. Yeah, doesn't that text teach that our love for one another is the signal to others that we are indeed followers of Jesus, that we are the real thing, the Mm -hmm. genuine article? Mm -hmm. A church that loves one another, loves one another deeply and intensely, That church sends a powerful message to outsiders, to unbelievers. Do you know any churches who are known for their love for one another? I mean, when you think about it, we know those churches who are known for their singing, or we know churches that are known for their buildings, even their community outreach. But how many churches are known for their love for one another? That's a good question. That's something to kind of reflect about. In effect, there's another passage I think we should consider. Do you have John fifteen nine and following that might be helpful to read? Well, I don't have it. I'm in Jeremiah, but I'm I'm hurrying as fast as I oh, can. It starts John, with the J. You get John a few 15. points. <laughs> John fifteen. And <laughs> listeners, now Becky read that previous passage off of her phone. I want you to know that I'm going to read this passage out of a real Bible the black leather-bound edition of the printed Bible that I have before me. So, Grandpa, Grandpa Holton, would you read your Bible over there? Oh, my goodness. Since you can't read it off that phone that's still hanging on the wall. No. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Okay, here's John 15, and we want verse 9, beginning in verse 9. And, of course, this is our Lord's prayer, isn't it? Right before his death. Yes, mm-hmm. Here's what he prayed. No, this isn't his prayer. This is he's talking with his disciples. You should have corrected me there, hun. You you thought about correcting me, didn't you? But you didn't dare do it. Just read the verse. Okay. John fifteen, verse nine. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. And then, verse 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. And then, verse 17, Jesus repeats, 
I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. So, the command of Jesus to his followers, to the twelve, and that would include us, to followers today, love one another as I have loved you. Now, I think those words are critically important. As I have loved you. I'm wondering, do we love each other to this extent? Do we love each other as Jesus has loved us? Are we willing to love our sisters and brothers in Christ to this extent? I think I can hear some crickets. <laughs> well, this That's is a hard this question. Big, this is a big love. It's this a is big, a big love. Big love. Yes. And and you know, Jesus said he was giving his people a new command and the word there it is a command. Mm-hmm. And if we keep his commands, we will abide in his love. And the command is that we love one another and that's a big command. Yes, it's love a hard one command. Another. Very it's hard, hard yeah. difficult. But I think this is where we can tie in this idea of the command of our Lord to love one another to what we were talking about earlier. What is it that helps the church to grow? I, I like that you're bringing that full circle back around to where we started. Yeah, it, it's a consistent obedience over time, obedience to passages, to commands just like this. It's a stubborn resolve to do the Lord's will no matter what. And we are talking about going back to basics now. As you said, no silver bullet, no magic formula, just loving one another as Jesus has loved us. And by the way, I want to remind our listeners of what you just read to us earlier from John 13. This is how people in the world will know that we are followers of Jesus, by the love that we demonstrate toward each other. Yes, and that kind of love, I mean, that degree of love, I think it's incredibly powerful. It's impressive. It's noteworthy. People sit up and take notice to this kind of love. They ask questions. It's uncommon, don't Mm -hmm. you think? Mm -hmm. So what we're saying in so many words is that the church as a body reaches out to others simply by demonstrating and being known by the love they have for each other. And that kind of love, I think it's magnetic. It's like moths to a light. It just pulls people in. Yes. And by the way, it wouldn't hurt us to love others, to love those who are unbelievers the way we love one another. True. To show that kind of kindness and to demonstrate a genuine care for others. Don't you think our society today really needs people who are kind and loving to everyone. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely, especially in this day and age. Yes. So what might love for one another look like, this kind of love? What does that look like if it's uncommon? Do we really think about what that would look like if we haven't seen a lot of it? Okay, well, I think one thing we can do is to just go back to the account in Acts of the church in Jerusalem that seemed to demonstrate that kind of uncommon love for each other. Uh, Hun, why don't you read for us uh, from Acts chapter 2, about verses 42 through 47, and would you like to borrow my black leather edition? No, I'll be uh, reading this on my iPhone, uh-huh. <laughs> Acts two forty-two. Um, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. 
All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, and they broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Right. And that last phrase, day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. No wonder there were daily conversions. I mean, everyone wanted to be a part of this group. That The joy that was there in the group, the love for God, the love for one another, the willingness to meet needs, that the joy of being together, who would not want to be a part of that group? So it's no wonder that the Lord added to their number every day, those who were being saved. Absolutely. Who wouldn't want to be a part of that group? So to summarize, listeners, we are saying that one of the first things churches can do to reach new people is to love those in their church, in their faith community, to the extent that Jesus loves us and that our love for one another sends a strong signal to people outside of the church. And the signal is that there is something different about this group of people, something very unique, something extremely attractive. Yes. Loving Christians make the gospel of Jesus attractive. Yes. And besides love for one another, let's talk about something else. There's another basic building block that leads to effective outreach that I think we want to discuss in this episode. And for that, let's go to John 17. Now, this is the Lord's Prayer, isn't it? John 17. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to be loving earlier. Yes. Uh, uh, that's just Here's like my you. IPhone. Just like you. Do you want to read my iPhone? No, there? thank you. I'll read it out of this real Bible over here. John 17, and here are the verses that we want to think about. Verses 20 through 23. Jesus is praying. I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one as we are one. I in them, you in me, that they may become completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Now, think about that passage. Twice, twice Jesus says, this is how the world will know that you sent me and that you loved them, that you loved them just as you loved me. And and how does that happen? It's it's unity, right? Well, you know, what is it that convinces people that God sent Jesus into the world? What is it that tells unbelievers who Jesus is? It's got to be that Christian unity, don't you think? Yes. That's what Jesus, you know, it's what he said in his prayer. So just as we try to love each other as Jesus loved us, we ought to also strive for the kind of unity in the body that Jesus said existed between him and his Father. Completely agree. And honey, don't you think we tend to divide from one another over a multitude of things? Yes. I mean, an insult divides us, a personal slight, maybe a harsh word that we wish we could take back, perhaps a disagreement over the meaning of 
a controversial and difficult to understand passage of Scripture. Sometimes the color of a classroom, the yes. paint on the wall. Yes, and we could go on and on and on. You know, we talked earlier about the fact that we might not know many churches who are known for their love for one another, but how many churches are known for their unity? Right. That there's just nothing that divides them, that they are just one as Jesus was one with his Father. Well, it's back back to that dogged commitment to love and be united. Yes. So, so you know, it's no wonder that the world often does not listen to our message. Our many divisions have led them to discount the message, what we have to say. True. So what can we do to reach new people? Well, love one another, love those in the world, and strive for unity in Christ. And those are not just plaque-worthy sayings that you'd pick up. Hobby Lobby, Mm -hmm. those are hard things to do, Mm -hmm. but it's what really is attractive to people that don't know Jesus. Yes. Well, closing thoughts, hon? Well, I don't know about closing thoughts. I just kind of want to underscore what we have said already. And and again, we're talking about going back to the basics. And like you say, uh, it's difficult to do, but it's what Scripture commands. It's what Jesus commands. Go, Go back to these basics. Christian love for one another and for unbelievers. Now, that's powerful. If we really loved each other in the body of Christ to the extent that Jesus loved us, what kind of testimony would that be? What would that do for our witness to the world? What signal would that send to outsiders? It's powerful. Love, Christian love, is just such a powerful thing. And I don't know that we've always understood or recognized how powerful our love for one another is really is, and the Mm -hmm. kind of signal that it can send to people out in the world. So, well, in in next week's episode, did you want to say something there? I I just was going to say, I agree. Sometimes we take the power out of the word love. We try to just make it into a, you know, a romantic type word or something that is wishy-washy, advertisement worthy, and that is not the love that Scripture talks about. And it's powerful, and it's hard, and it's attractive, and it's so counter-cultural. Yes, definitely counter-cultural. Good. Well, let's talk about next week briefly. Uh, Next week, we plan to discuss another back-to-the-basics idea for reaching new people, and that would be revitalizing our sense of mission. Mm, Good. We want to talk about what is the mission of the church and why we exist. We want to talk about the Great Commission next week and how we can renew our sense of mission. So, We hope our listeners will join us again next week. Great. I'm glad we're going that direction. And this has been, to me, an encouraging and hopeful discussion, and we hope it has been for you too, our listeners. And friends, we just want to remind you that we exist to provide support for you church and ministry leaders. And we want to help you become better informed and more confident so that you can be more effective as you serve others. Let us know how we may support you. And and thanks again for listening to the Effective Church Leaders Podcast. And we'll see you next week, Lord willing. 